0: Welcome to the Questions of Life podcast. I'm Kath, I'm here with Donald. Hello. Today we are exploring the whole area of fake news and what is the truth. How do we know what the truth is? Enjoy the show. Now Donald, fake news is something that's been quite topical probably for about the last year. One of the people who have made it quite famous is the current president of the United States, Donald Trump. He quite often just tweets fake news if he disagrees with anything anyone says or does that is against him. And America finds itself in a little bit of a mess. They've had the election. You've got the two candidates, one who it would seem has been fairly elected as the president-in-waiting, and a president who it would seem has lost the election. But both are claiming that they have won, uh, and just trying to work out what the truth is in the whole situation is a little bit messy and and problematic. And I think sometimes beginning to work out what is the truth can be a little bit problematic, it can be Mm. a little bit messy. Particularly when we put the internet into the equation. Now I was looking at the internet today and I came across a site that listed the top eight hoaxes on uh, the internet that people had believed. Now, one of these hoaxes, this was in at number two, okay? This wasn't the top one. The top one wasn't uh, appropriate for me to be talking about right now. So I've gone for the cleanest one in the list. So the second biggest hoax on the internet was uh, a YouTuber, so someone that's got a YouTube channel, posts videos regularly. He decided to post a video saying that you can charge an iPod with an onion. (laughs) And he... You tell me you can't, I've tried that. (laughs) He filmed it it and put this video out there. Now, you and I, we hear that and we think, oh, my life, there is no way that can be true. But because he'd filmed it and he'd made it seem as though it could happen, uh, lots and lots of people thought, oh, there must be some truth in this. So a few days after he'd posted the video, over three million people had watched it. Millions of people had given it a home, uh, given it a try. The unofficial Apple website, where you go with all your Apple queries, they had said, yes, this is amazing new technology, uh, and were applauding it. And there were news channels in America that were running it It as breaking news. There is a new way to charge your iPod. You just think, oh, my life, this one guy the power of suggestion, Mm. the power of what he said it was not true, Mm. but so many people were taken in. And so tonight we're just trying to explore this whole area of truth and finding out what isn't the truth, what is the truth. And at the start of it, can you just define a few things for us? So can you talk about what you think is truth, what you think is fake news, what you think is a conspiracy theory, and what is the difference between truth and belief. So there's quite a few things there, but I think at the outset it's good for us to set the parameters yeah, and establish that. Yeah,
1: so uh, I think that, that one of the tricky things is working out the difference between truth and belief. And I, I, for the purposes of this evening, let's, let's talk about truth being something that's verifiably factual.
2: Okay.
1: So two and two equals four. Yeah. Now, that's quite a small section of life that's, that's verifiably true. Mm-hmm. uh that there's a merger with what we call belief. Now, most people believe things out of what's probable. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: And a strongly held belief uh, isn't necessarily true, Mm
2: -hmm.
1: but it might be probable. Okay. Uh, So uh, I would say that I I believe Christianity to be the truth. Mm -hmm. Uh, So I'm using... For me, it's more probable that Christianity is the truth. Mm -hmm. But actually, I can't verifiably prove every aspect of it. We maybe talk about some of the things that you can prove. But for the purposes of trying to work out what fake news is, because fake news is when somebody else declares the opposing point of view as, Mm -hmm. uh, uh, rather than, I think, rather than have the courage of calling it a lie, Mm -hmm. they call it fake news. Now, sometimes I think, I suspect, and this might be an opinion that we might take, disagree with, that sometimes the phrase is used because we don't call it a lie because we know it isn't a lie, so we use it as fake news as a way of trying to put people off that idea. Mm-hmm. But essentially, it's, it's accusing that particular idea of not being true.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: A conspiracy theory is a belief that people hold that the majority of people feel is fanciful and is often rooted in fear. And I think we'll come back to fear in a moment. But it is the idea that there is much more clever thinking going on behind the scenes and that people have planned or deliberately doing something that is misleading mm-hmm. the rest of us. Yeah. And so there are people who are more prone to believe that evil wrongdoing is all planned and there's a conspiracy going on and everybody's involved and it's all Mm -hmm. connected and planned. Uh, I, I tend to subscribe more to the opposite theory which is named after a word I'm not going to use which is basically that things go wrong and things happen and it's not really, they're not people, I'm not actually that clever to have conspired to make mm-hmm. it all and connect everything up. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we'll explore then. There are some things that some people might call a conspiracy theory that I would call part of my faith. Yep. So, one person's conspiracy theory, one person's fake news is another person's belief. Mm-hmm. But somewhere along the line, we've got to, to distinguish between what is truth, and truth is verifiably um, a fact.
0: Mm-hmm. Where do you think mental health fits into all this as well? Because sometimes I think that can skew things. Yeah. Things can be verifiably true or not. Yeah. But actually, the state of our mental health and whether it's positive or negative, I think that has an effect at times. Yeah.
1: yeah. I think so. I think that, that there's a, there's a lot of understanding about why people believe things, and, yeah. and I think America is fascinating because essentially it's split into two halves. It's more or less 50 50. Mm-hmm. Uh, and each side believe the other side are, de- are deceiving or are not true it's telling the truth so half of the population of america are believing something that the other half think isn't true mm-hmm. so there's a lot of research as to why people believe things and it does connect with mental health so there are essentially two uh, ideas that so many of us believe what we want to be true mm-hmm. And so we are more likely to believe something that conforms to our hopes. It conforms to our desires. Conversely, the other half of us are more likely to believe something that is frightening. So some of us choose the thing that's hopeful, mm-hmm. and some of us will be too afraid to choose the thing that's hopeful. And that's where mental health comes in, because when we're not feeling so good mentally, our fears become exaggerated.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And so the, some people believe what they want to believe because it's wishful thinking. Mm. Other people will believe what they daren't believe. In other words, they daren't not believe something. They're too afraid to dismiss something. Yep. And often when we're feeling well, well mentally, we can dismiss something as well. Oh, that's, that's not something to be alarmed about. Mm-hmm. When we're more low, more vulnerable, perhaps less people to talk through things through with, mm-hmm. our fears become exaggerated. So uh, our beliefs based in fear, we're frightened of something, become uh, stronger when we're feeling low mentally. So there's this, that sort of axiom, that sort of thing, mm-hmm. either h- believing what we want to believe because it makes us feel better or not being uh, confident enough to do that and believing uh, what frightens us. And the other sort of parameter, diam- uh, axiom, is, is between uh, conformity and non-conformity. So some people will tend to believe what everybody else is believing.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: In fact, most people tend mm-hmm. to believe that. Yep. So if something is very popular, if you look at your Onion site and it says yep. 3 million, you think, well, it must be true because mm-hmm. 3 million people believe that. Yep. If your friend tells you that your iPod can charge, uh, be charged by an Onion, some, most of us will go, well, it must be true because the person I trust told me that. Yep. But then there is a second group of people who are prone to non-conformity. Uh-huh. So the more people believe something, the less likely they are going to, be- to believe it. So the very fact that millions of people think this, it must be a conspiracy, it must be not true.
2: Uh-huh.
1: The problem is that what we need to get to is not making our beliefs on hope or fear, not making our beliefs on conformity or non-conformity, but trying to get as close as we can to the truth And the Bible talks an awful lot about searching for truth. And it's really, really important that we don't just believe what makes us feel better or what we're afraid of, but that we seek and search for truth. And Jesus talks a lot about this, seeking and searching for truth. And truth may be the thing that brings us hope, or it may be uh, makes us alarmed. But at the end of the day, we have to make decisions based on truth, not on what we want to be true.
0: So thinking about America, thinking about having a president, there are many, many people in that country that, because of the role, believe and respect that. And if you look at other areas of life, if you look at um, the armed forces, say, somebody's given a direct order by a superior, there's, there's kind of like a, a respect and a, and a chain of command in some areas of life. But if we look at a, a America, so there's a section of America that believe whatever he says is the truth because he is the president. Um, and there isn't much weighing and testing and searching for the truth. And some of those are Christians. How do you weigh up Christianity and faith and respect for someone in a position of authority?
1: I mean, it's interesting. It, after this, I'm going to record my next talk in, in John's Gospel where they say of Jesus, some of them say he's a good man and some of them say he's a deceiver. And I'm going to try and explore this a, a, a little bit more then. So that will come out on mm-hmm. Sunday. You can have a look at that. But essentially, um, the Bible warns us not to be deceived. It, it, the Bible tells us that there will be people who deceive those who follow God. There will be people who deceive Christians. Mm -hmm. So the fact that there are Christians who think that Donald Trump is right and there are Christians who think that he is wrong, that's, if you like, expected in the Bible. And there are some ways that we need to try and work out whether a person is trustworthy. And there are some things that are objective. So one of the things is to look at is do they have a track record of telling the truth? Uh-huh. And the Bible tells us that we to weigh and test what people say and it takes very seriously lying. It's one of the Ten Commandments. And if a person has a history of lying uh-huh. and has a history of exaggerating or not telling the truth or, or whatever, uh-huh. then we have to mistrust what they say. Mm -hmm. Blindly trusting somebody because of their position is warned against in scripture. Mm -hmm. It's not a good thing to do. I think... There's a lot of evidence to suggest that Donald Trump has a history of not telling the truth. I go back to his great his presidential election when he said there were uh, uh, millions of people watching. And verifiably, there weren't a big a crowd, crowd, as he said. And from that day on, I think there are lots of evidences of things that have not been true. The second thing that the Bible talks about is looking at the integrity of an individual. And are they a person of compassion and of care, and of gentleness, and of grace. And I think we can't separate how a person behaves in their private life from their ability to be trusted. And I know this is a controversial area in politics, a controversial area in our own nation around political figures, and and I'm not saying that politicians have to be... um, scrupulously moral I wish that were so
2: mm-hmm.
1: but I think we have to ask questions when a person lies to their own family
2: mm-hmm.
1: as to whether that might mean that we need to weigh whether they lie to the public
2: mm-hmm.
1: and I think the Bible encourages us to look at the lifestyle of people who lead and, and, and who, who we trust mm-hmm. So I think that. So I think. Firstly, we need to, to to check. We need to say to ourselves, as I'm living out a biblical life, I need to be aware there'll be people who come to try to deceive me. I mustn't believe everything I'm told. Secondly, I need to look for where there is been untruth, and thirdly, I need to look at the lifestyle and the integrity. Mm. I think another area, and we'll look at that. I'll look a little bit more in John's gospel because trying to say why was Jesus trustworthy Mm -hmm. is a whole area of motive. Mm -hmm. And why do people say, what's in it for them to say this? Are they people who serve or are they people who are making money out of a situation or seeking power out of a situation? Mm -hmm. I think just, I mean, I'm not an expert. I'm just observing the American thing, but it breaks my heart Really seriously worries me the way Christianity has got embroiled in this in America. And what is undoubtedly true is that Donald Trump has promised the church certain political decisions that matter to a lot of Christians. And he's delivered on those. Mm. And there's no doubt that he has pursued some policies that the church wanted in America. Mm. My own view is that that doesn't mean that he tells the truth and that actually truth is more important than political bribery Mm -hmm. and giving me just what I want. Mm -hmm. But also, we've talked about Christianity being divided in America. He has delivered for white Christians. Mm -hmm. And our brothers and sisters... From the black Christian community do not experience the same things and I think for me as a member of the body of Christ that's really important to hear and that Mm -hmm. it's really important that our leaders do what is right for all sections of the community particularly those who are disadvantaged, particularly those who are unwell Mm -hmm. and that's a big issue in America and the healthcare Mm -hmm. and particularly uh, those who are poor Mm -hmm. Uh, so I don't feel comfortable with the way the church has prioritised certain political objectives in America. and I know we're getting political, and I refer you to some of the other questions of life we've done in the past, but for me, its I do not want to associate Christianity with the policies or the lifestyle or the mannerisms of Donald Trump, and I can't condone that.
0: So there comes a, a, a respect for the role but there's not a blind belief. Mm-hmm. There's, a, from a Christian perspective, a prayer for the person in that role, yeah. a prayer that God would change, move, work in their lives, a, a prayer that others would be able to see and discern the truth, but not a, just because you're in that role, I'm going to just blindly believe yeah. everything that you say. Yeah. Now, that whole phrase that you talked about, blind faith and trust, is often something that is thrown at Christians, that actually, you, know, you just... You just believe it. You don't really delve into it. Uh, you're not really interested in the truth. It's just a crutch. It's just a reaction. Talk a little bit about, about that and whether you think that's true or whether you think that Christianity is the pursuit of truth. So
1: we talked about belief being based on probabilities, on, on trying to get as near to the truth as you can. And so I think we've talked about this in previous, in early questions of life. But for, for me, there are some facts. There was a man called Jesus. Mm-hmm. Undeniable fact. Yep. That man lived and died and was crucified on the cross. That's an undeniable fact. There's so many historical records to that. Not Christian records. There's so many records about that. His early followers believed that he rose from the dead Mm -hmm. and they were persecuted and died for that belief. Again, that's an historical fact that that's what they believed. Now, those things make it probable for me to take very seriously the words of Jesus. The other undeniable fact for me is the existence of us, Mm -hmm. of creation, of life, of nature, of the universe. That we exist, that's a fact. And that what is also factual about that is that it's remarkably complex and that our existence on this small planet is remarkably lucky, remarkably coincidental. That's a fact.
2: Mm.
1: I would say that that points to the probability that God exists.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: The probab- so I have two probabilities. The probability is that God exists through nature. Yep. The probability for me is that Jesus was somebody significant because 2,000 years later, we are still talking about whether he did or didn't rise from the dead and the impact that's had on the world. Mm-hmm. So those two probabilities make my belief in Christianity and my belief in the Bible, to me, credible and rational. And that's why I believe it to be the truth. And I've based my life around that, and it's not let me down. We've talked about this, and please do go and look at previous uh, questions of life. One of the early ones, particularly, we talk more about this. But uh, for me... Christianity is not blind faith. It is the most logical explanation for those two facts. One, the remarkable luck that human beings exist. (laughs) And two, what created Christianity Hmm. from this ordinary guy, uneducated, uh, uh, and, and who never used force? And I think that's a really significant thing, that there was no violence or intimidation involved in Jesus. Lastly, in the Middle Ages, yes, Christianity got embroiled with the use and abuse of power, which was extremely damaging and unproductive and unchrist-like. Mm. Jesus transformed the world by turning the other cheek and telling people to love their neighbor. Mm. He, t- he transformed the world by sacrificially dying
2: mm.
1: and by the, the belief that they saw as fact the early mm-hmm. disciples that he rose. So for me, it's not blind faith. It is the most credible explanation for those two facts.
0: Based on probabilities. Based on and probabilities. probabilities is something that we deal with every day. Yeah. This isn't something new. We're not asking ourselves to extend belief. No. You know, we'll go to bed thinking it's probably likely that we'll wake up tomorrow and the sun will shine. Yeah. The sun will rise as it normally does. We can't be 100% certain. There are many things that we're not 100% certain about, but it's highly likely. You look at the evidence... Piece it together. Yeah. So the whole probability thing is something that we're, we're really, really comfortable with. Yeah. Now, Annie, alongside that, has sent us in an email. She said, as Christians, we believe the Bible is an accurate account and we live our faith by it. But Muslims also think the Quran is correct. And they are just as sure of their faith as we are of ours. There are masses of news articles out there in both religions both saying their version is correct. I know there are similarities with characters from both the Bible and the Quran, but how do we know for sure which is the correct version?
1: I think at the end of the day, it's important to research. It's important to look into it. And I can only give you, for me, why I'm a Christian uh, and and, and not a Muslim. For me, uh, the way of Jesus and and the relationship with God through Jesus does away with fear. And, you know, John, the disciple of Jesus, says, you know, perfect love casts out all fear. And there's this remarkable encounters with Jesus is the one who welcomes, who takes away fear. Mm -hmm. My experience of religion whether it's the abuse of Christianity that we talk about in the Middle Ages, the use of violence,
2: Mm.
1: whether it's any form of ritual religion, whatever it is, it's often centered around fear. You must believe this. You cannot believe something different to my family. You must do these religious rituals. You must conform. You must obey. And Christianity is unique in giving freedom and the, 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 the grace to choose love rather than to be afraid of it. Mm. Forms of Christianity that I don't subscribe to have fallen, in my view, into religion. Mm. So what I would want to say is, I think that God is the one who wants to take fear away. He wants to set us free. He wants to bring love and grace. And that for me is the distinctive from other religions. Uh, that's not to say that there is not great things in other religions and great people and and beautiful people who are seeking to serve their understanding of God. But for me, Jesus says I am the way, the truth, and the life. And that is quite a radically mm-hmm. arrogant statement. Mm-hmm. So what is he offering that's completely different?
2: Mm.
1: And it is this forgiveness. It is this grace. It is this, the Bible talks about it. He loves us first. And yeah. because he loves us, we respond.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So it's not that I have to do things to be loved by God. It's that he already loves me and that love changes me. And I think that's fundamentally unique. Jesus and it's fundamentally unique to Christianity and so that's a big reason why I would follow Jesus I've looked into other religions admittedly yes I looked into them as a Christian but for me it's always been important to to try and seek truth Mm -hmm. and I've tried to expose myself to different points of view I think that's an important thing for me to do I want to understand why Mm -hmm. people take different points of view Mm
2: -hmm.
1: And, and I guess sort of the final thing on that is that it makes complete rational sense to me that if God loves the world, he would come to earth. Yeah. And so I want to look for where is there appearing to be an appearance of God? And what would I think God would be like? Would he be powerful and violent? Or would he be gentle and humble? And Mm -hmm. and the Christmas story, which we're going to approach in a few weeks, to me... Sums up how I think God would be understated, quiet, gentle.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: It's rare in other religions to have a concept that God becomes a human being.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: In fact, most of the other religions consider that to be blasphemous.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: But to me, that makes perfect sense. If I want to save humanity, I've got to come among them.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, so to me, there's lots of ways in which Christianity makes much more sense. So I would encourage people to look into the place of fear. And we'll keep coming back to this yeah. when you come back to conspiracy theories and all these things. Look where the fear is. And when we come to Jesus, we need to be free from fear.
0: Absolutely. And as you said, I think there are a lot of good things that we can uh, learn from other religions. Absolutely. There's a lot of great practices. There are a lot of great people i mean we have links with lots of people here different uh faiths because we think that's really important we we don't want to uh judge and be elitist we want to encourage everybody but ultimately we believe that it's jesus that jesus is the one who points the way to heaven and this whole thing about fear for me is really really important because i think as i look at other religions the onus is on the individual And the fear is on the individual. If Mm. you are not good enough, you are not going to make it. So life becomes more of a legalistic chore, that I have to do this, I have to do that, rather than a a response to a God who loves me and says, Mm. come as you are, because of Jesus, I can transform your Mm. life. Mm. And that is radical. That is the only religion that, that, as you say, goes in that direction. It is absolutely incredible. And I think, why would I want to jump through a thousand hoops when I'm invited And I'm asked to just say, I've stuffed up, I'm sorry. I I we go your way.
1: I've got three sons, I've got three kids, and I can see the attraction of control whereby they have to believe what I believe. Mm -hmm. And that I use fear and intimidation and isolation and rejection should they choose not to be Christians. But ultimately, I rejoice that Christianity isn't like that. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: And that I continue to love them, whatever their faith choices are, And there's no question of anybody being put out of the family or Mm. or being rejected or no need to conform. Mm. And one of the things that's difficult is that lots of us experience our kids not following Mm. our faith. But I would far rather that freedom and that choice Mm. than any religion that uses the community to control.
0: Mm. I uh, followed various missionaries and mission agencies, And uh, some of them each day give a little prayer request. And today there was a prayer request for a lady who lived in a Middle Eastern country. And uh, she got married quite young. Her husband rejected her when he found out she couldn't have children. So she then uh, decided to adopt a son, adopted a son, and miraculously became a Christian. Completely transformed her life. The son obviously discovers this and beat her black and blue, and kicked her out of the house, and has completely disowned her. And uh, she just said, please pray for me, because I love Jesus, and I know that he's the way, and I don't want to give that up, but I love my son too. Uh, And so she's stuck in this situation where life is incredibly difficult, that she's gone against everybody else. But for me, again, that we go back to the first ever Christians. That's just something about why you pursue Christianity mm. in the face of great persecution, even today, people are like, there is something about Jesus and my relationship with him that is so incredible, that it is truth, that it is all life-changing and consuming, that even in the midst of the most horrific situations, but I still believe, mm. I, I still love him, mm. because that's a transformation that, that he brings because he is the truth. Because it isn't about the fear. It isn't about the rejection. It isn't about the legalism and having to be perfect. It's about the love. Mm. And I love that. Now, we've talked about this a little bit before, but I want to just chuck it in there uh, just because we're talking about the truth. Talk about Jesus being the truth. We also talk about the Bible being the truth. Just remind us how we know that it is actually what God intended, that it's not man-made, that it's not this is what we've decided to write so that you will follow and believe?
1: Yeah. I mean, the Bible, it's a, it's a, it's a belief that it's true. Uh, there are lots of historical accuracies in it, lots of things that are historically true. But essentially, I believe it to be true for two major reasons.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Once I believe in God, and I believe that God will come to earth, I find it difficult to believe that he would allow the record of that to be inaccurate, so for me, a God that can make the universe, that can make the woodpecker, which I often talk about, that can make uh, all these wonderful things that we celebrate in nature, I think he can make sure that the Bible tells us what we need to know. But the second thing is that the way the Bible is, is that it it, it was firstly a, a collection over a, thousand, a couple of thousand years of different people's writings that come together and that that, that was put together by a group of people who uh, looked over various texts and when they were unanimous on something, they felt that was scriptural. And I like that idea that it's not one person's idea. It's not one person's writings. It's not one person's decision. Uh It's a collective, and I think that's the way God works. He works through the community of people. The Bible is critical of the people who were the first leaders of the church. If the disciples, frankly, had written it themselves, inaction, you know, if they made bits mm. up, they would have taken mm. out the, car- the way Peter is presented. Yeah. Peter, we know, is the, fir- fact, the first leader of the Christian church. Yeah. That's a fact. What is also a fact is that the New Testament portrays him as a bit of an, well, quite a large part of an idiot. Hot head. Hot head. Yeah. He denies Jesus. Mm. He betrays Jesus. Mm. He fails Mm. Uh, he doesn't have enough faith. Mm. If the disciples were making that up, they would have taken that stuff out.
2: Mm. They would
1: have also taken out that which was culturally really difficult for them and really challenging. Mm. And in particular, the way in which the, the New Testament gives equality and value to women mm. and to foreigners, the Samaritans in particular. Yep. Those two things were extremely culturally difficult. And again, they would have taken those out if they weren't true.
2: Mm-hmm. So
1: for me, it's probable, more probable than any other text that mm-hmm. claims to be divine. Mm-hmm. It is more probable that the Bible is true. And lastly, I built my life around scripture. I think I would have found out by now if it wasn't true.
0: Mm-hmm. There's a really funny little bit in the Scriptures where one of the Gospel writers, and I'll leave folks to go and read the Gospels, uh, Jesus has risen from the dead, and uh, he comments in his, uh, in his Gospel that he and another disciple raced to the tomb to see where Jesus was, and he was the one that got there first. Just makes me chuckle. Of all the things that you're ever going to say about the resurrection of Jesus, I won the race. Just made me laugh. Just the human, human little bits in it, but you're completely right. It is trustworthy. So uh, I've had a message in from Steve, and he said, Donald, at times, things that may actually be true end up being untrue after the Chinese whisper chain has added or removed part of the relevant statement. I always found that if you are unsure, go to the source for confirmation before wrongly interpreting things. How would you deal with this?
1: I think that's absolutely true. I think one of the things that we... Understand. So the Bible talks a lot about gossip.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And it says, you know, we're not to be engaged in it. Yeah. Part of the human condition is that we love to tell somebody something that they've never heard before, because for whatever reason, it makes us feel slightly mm-hmm. important. Slightly, mm-hmm. slightly. We didn't know that.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: That is a tremendously dangerous human attribute, because it means that there is a pressure on us to tell somebody something they didn't know.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And as Steve says, that can either be right from scratch that we tell somebody something that's not true, Mm. or we just add a little bit, part of the story. There's a Chinese whispers. We use a certain way of describing something that uh, isn't exactly... and Those words are interpreted by somebody else, and it gets bigger and it gets larger, and, and, and so on and so forth. So I really think passing on stuff is a very dangerous game. Um, it's maybe one of the reasons why I'm not on social media, that <laughs> there is a blessing and a benefit to passing on good stuff. Uh-huh. But we need to challenge in ourselves the attraction of passing on something that's shocking or salacious or incredible or unbelievable and frightening. And I think human beings like to tell other people things that are frightening. We talked Mm. about it on the Halloween thing. Mm. And I don't think that's really helpful.
2: Mm.
1: And I think, therefore, understanding where something came from is really important, Steve says, going back to the source. When was this first said? Who first said this? Where has this come from? What motive might they have had for saying that? Was there a financial advantage a commercial advantage? Has this come from a group who are interested in Mm destabilising humanity? Mm
2: -hmm.
1: Has this come from somebody who wants to be noticed, who wants to be a celebrity, who wants Mm -hmm. to be popular? And I think a lot of the conspiracy theories, when we dig back, if we can ever get to where they came from, They originate in these kinds of places. They originate from people who want to be the centre of attention. Mm. They want to be able to tell you something that you didn't know. Mm. And I think that's very, very damaging and, and dangerous.
0: So if we bring it down to a, not necessarily a celebrity level, but to our level, how do we deal with the truth? How do we protect the truth? I mean, we talked a little bit about going back to the source. But, but how do we do that in our everyday relationships? How can we be people of the truth?
1: I think it's really important to be people of truth. To renounce exaggerating.
0: But that's easy to do, isn't it? We tell a little story, we embellish, is that really wrong? Yeah. I make myself look better, you know?
1: And it just grows, it snobles. I, know. Yeah. I, think, I think we need to address exaggeration. We need to address our desire to tell people things they didn't already know. Mm-hmm. Sometimes we're telling them the truth, but sometimes it's best to shut up and not Mm. let things become gossip. Mm. I think we need to research and make sure that we don't pass on things that are untrue Mm. and that we come to uh, look for places that are more trustworthy than other places.
2: Mm.
1: And to have our eyes open that we can be deceived, Mm. but to... To try to listen to sources that are more trustworthy than others, mm-hmm. that don't have an agenda, mm. um, and therefore to pass on to others or to challenge things that others are saying that are, are not true.
0: Mm. Sometimes in Christianity, you, you hear the phrase uh, share for prayer. Mm. You know, being people of the truth doesn't mean to say that we always have to say what we know. You know, you don't have to tell everybody, oh, such and such is ill with this or ill with that. And I'm going to be really controversial now and get myself into trouble. And you're looking very scared. Um, But we we have a a weekly email. And in our weekly email, we have uh, prayer points. And people very often want to know exactly who that person is. And we're all for protecting privacy people don't always want everybody to know they don't want everybody emailing oh i'm so sorry as much as it's coming from a good heart and there is a sense that we can still pray for people without having to know everything and their exact name that just because we have the best of intentions to want to pray for people again that doesn't mean to say that we share everything that we know we have to retain this sense of confidentiality And we don't always have to tell everyone everything that we know. Mm, mm. I think that's really, really important.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: But also, alongside that, do we have to be truthful um, all of the time? Now, that's a strange question that I'm asking. So, say I say to you, Donald, uh, do you like my hair? And you're sitting there thinking, like my mother, Kath, it needs brushing. You need to get it cut. You can't get it cut because we're in the middle of a lockdown. You know, it's a frivolous example. You could sit there and say, yeah, Kath, actually, I hate it. Is it okay to dodge the question uh, and, and to not tell the truth? Where's, where's the, the line
2: there?
1: Well, there is, a, there is a fundamental difference between telling the whole truth and lying. Yep. So there are times when to betray a confidence is wrong. hmm and that's, so we don't say everything we know.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: We respect confidentiality. There may be people who have wrong motives for trying to find things out. So that I don't necessarily answer a question. It's not lying.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: I'm re- refusing to answer the question. I think there are times when it is good to find ways of neither lying nor telling the whole truth. Mm-hmm. Um,
0: so what would you say about my hair? It's
1: interesting. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's, <laughs> well, there are kind of phrases that it's, it's, it's different to how it was. You've, you've spent a lot of money on it. You've changed it. I don't know. <laughs> uh, I, I mean, I get in all sorts of trouble. It's really difficult. It is hard. Um, and and some, there's a place for sometimes saying... I think with the... I think the... Sometimes if people ask you the question, then they deserve the answer. (laughs) They shouldn't ask the question. But
2: uh,
1: I would rather be known... There are two things that I would want as my reputation. The one is I want to have a reputation for not gossiping.
2: Mm -hmm.
1: So I would rather people say, Donald didn't tell me anything,
2: Mm -hmm.
1: than Donald will tell me anything I want to know. Mm -hmm. And I also want a reputation that if I do say something, that it's trustworthy. Mm -hmm. And to lose... It takes a moment to lose people's trust Mm -hmm. and it takes years to to win it back. Mm -hmm. So I think we want to be people who try to speak the truth, Mm
2: -hmm.
1: but we have to be people who withhold saying things at times because Mm -hmm. that is more important. That is a greater act of love Mm
2: -hmm.
1: to withhold saying things. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: Sometimes that's really tricky and Mm. difficult
0: some people have like a saying that they say to themselves is it true is it helpful will it build somebody up do i need to say it now absolutely i think that's brilliant just just trying to work work that out yeah and i'm not always sure we're so good at any of those things (laughs) i hold my hands up yeah so so you're saying that it is okay not to say the whole truth Unless you're in
1: a court of law where you swear, and that's the point of swearing. I swear to say the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth. Yes. The reason we do that is because in other places in life it's not appropriate to say the whole truth. Yes. You might say, anybody might say to me, tell me about a member of the church. I am Mm. not going to tell you everything Mm. I know about that member of the church.
0: I can vouch for that. I've tried many times. (laughs) You are very, very good. There's a phrase in the Bible that says, let your yes be yes and your no be no, this sense of being a person, that that people know you have integrity, that what you say is true. And we want to be known as as those kind of people.
1: And because I think one of the most precious things we can give a person is the experience of being listened to.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And lots of us carry, go back to mental, lots of us carry something that we just wish we could tell somebody. Yeah. And once we've told them to know it's safe, yes. and it's not going to be something that other people comment on, other people laugh at, other people try and give advice over. Mm-hmm. We need places where we can be honest. To do that, mm-hmm. you need to, we need confidentiality. To do that, we need to be people who are known, mm-hmm. not to say everything.
0: Mm-hmm. One of my biggest fears when I first became a Christian was that if somebody prayed for me, they'd have the gift of revelation and that God would tell them everything that I've done that I'm deeply ashamed about. And so I didn't go for prayer uh, for many years as an early Christian because I was just there was stuff that I hadn't worked through, stuff mm-hmm. that I felt guilty about. And, and I had this sense, oh, well, God's obviously going to tell them and they're going to want to talk to me about it. And then I decided I would only go and pray for people that I wouldn't, I would only be prayed for people that I wouldn't see again because I didn't trust that if I if I share who I am, because i have been quite hurt and damaged in my life, it was a lot to trust somebody with me. And so I was like, I'll trust someone that doesn't know me because then there's no repercussions. They won't know anybody that I know. It won't go any further. And that was really sad. Both of those things were, were really, really sad that I didn't feel confident enough to just say, you know what, this is me, this is my baggage, this is what I'm I'm worrying about, and believe that somebody could hold it and pray with me and not judge me and love me, and it would be okay. I mean, I'm a different place now, Mm. and eventually I got over that, but I think that's an issue for so many people, and I think some people have been hurt and let down in that area in Christianity, Mm. that they have shared, they have trusted someone that, you know, please pray with me about this. And somehow it's got out. And that can be one of the most damaging Absolutely. things ever. And we have to closely guard and and protect that. And and I think we make sure there are people in positions of responsibility in, in these areas that do have the right character, that are trustworthy uh, mm. and that are accountable. But that is so damaging mm. when, when that goes wrong mm. and that isn't adhered to. Okay, so we've got fake news, we've got trust, we've got us, and how do we trust? There's stuff going on at the moment. Let's think of um, COVID. Let's think of the vaccine. It's really interesting, people's response to this vaccine. There's probably three responses. There's a group of people that are like, there's a vaccine coming, we can go out and do whatever we want. There's a group of people like me, great, let's get the vaccine out there. I'm up for taking it, whatever is going to you know, help bring an end to this. And then there's a group of people, no, I'm, don't trust that don't trust them, I, I, I'm not taking that. Again, it's just this this minefield, what's going on and how do we get to the truth?
1: I mean, I'm really concerned about the effect that this has on people, this mm. lack of trust and, and the fear that's out there. Um, and I said at the beginning that the problem with beliefs is when you base your belief on what you want to be true, or when you base your belief on what scares you the most. And the vaccine issue falls into both caps. So there are some people who say, I desperately want a vaccine, therefore this must be safe, therefore it's fine. And then there are a group of people who say, I'm so frightened that there's a world plot to control me, Mm -hmm. and that if I take this vaccine, Microsoft or somebody is going to be controlling me. Mm -hmm. I think we have to seek and search for truth and probability. I don't subscribe to the view that evil is that clever.
2: Mm.
1: Uh, and I, don't, I don't think there is a motive for control. No. I don't think there is really... Uh, I don't think that's credible to me. For me, people of compassion are doing their best to try and help and mm-hmm. find something. Mm. So I choose to trust that. And again, where does the rumours about vaccine come from? It's very mysterious when you get to the, who first said it, where did it first come from? And, Russia. And, and <laughs> Well, there's a fear that, that there is, there's, a, there's yes. a, a, an interest in stopping people taking it yep. to destabilise a community. Mm. But I guess for me the bottom line is I don't want to be driven and led by fear.
2: Mm.
1: I do want to be driven and led by hope. I don't want to believe crazy things just because I want them to be true. But if I'm going to err on one side or the other,
2: Mm.
1: I want to err on the side of hope, not fear, because I don't think God intends me to live my life ruled by fear. Mm. And I guess the bottom line is, then unless it's abundantly clear, if I take the vaccine, uh, 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 you know, and I end up being controlled by some superpower, I think God is bigger than and will mm. work mm. me away out of that. Mm. And I would rather trust God in that
2: mm.
1: than than be afraid. Mm. Uh, so I think, that, and you come to this conformity, non-conformity. I think we've got to again, if we're going to believe something against the majority, and clearly being a Christian, I am believing something against the majority, I've got to be really sure that there's Mm. some truth in this.
2: Mm.
1: But when it comes to other areas where the majority of people are saying, no, this is safe or whatever, I think I've got to be really sure that my fear isn't uh, superstition. Mm. Mm. And superstition is a profoundly strong motive in human beings where we're Mm. just so scared of life that we have these things that we think we need to do to be safe. Mm. And I keep going back to it. Jesus comes to set us free Mm. from fear. Mm. So I think we've got to ask ourselves, where is the place of fear and where is the place of conformity? And Mm. and have I got these things right in balance? Mm.
0: I think where we're at with the vaccine is a miracle. I think there's been many millions, if not billions, of Christians around the world that have been praying for a We've vaccine. been praying
1: in our live streams for it.
0: Every week, you know, I pray myself. We all pray, you know, this this is what we need. And now that we have it, it's just really interesting people's reaction to it. So my prayers now move on to people's response to it. So mm. I keep praying for those that are researching it and it's administration. But then I move my prayers on to and that we would be accepting and, and receiving uh, uh, of it. I,
1: it distresses me greatly. i am just go back to America. I, I, I saw a clip of some folks who were desperately distressed that Donald Trump, in their view, had been cheated. Mm. And their fears of what was going to happen to America, I thought, well, that, that's not going to happen to America. You know, mm. whatever the good or ill of Joe Biden and the Democratic Party, what they fear isn't going to happen, mm. it seems to me. Mm-hmm. But... I felt tremendous compassion. They were so afraid. Mm. And it seems to me a lot of folks are so afraid of what they've been told, Mm. Uh, whether it's in politics, whether it's in health matters. Mm. And somehow for us to find a place of walking daily with God and whatever the world throws at us,
2: Mm.
1: we'll overcome. Mm. And we mustn't live lives of reactive fear. Mm. We must live lives of hope.
0: I think lives of reactive fear are are not ideal. Again, if we go back to America, you look at the distress of people, but you look at the people that have armed themselves with guns, Mm. the potential for violence, civil unrest. It's just huge. It could really escalate further and get completely out of hand. And Mm. that is just born out of fear Mm. and mistrust. A misunderstanding, which is why truth has to be the way we go.
1: Yes. And truth, to me, will always speak of love. Yes. It will always speak of grace. Truth will not provoke violence.
0: No. No, truth is about the peacemakers, the uniters, those that look for the oppressed, the poor, the captive. We set people free. We raise people up. We don't squash them down and suppress them and name call and everything else Mm. which in the heat of the moment is difficult Mm. but that's what we're looking for and that's why we need to pray for our leaders that's why we need to pray for the leaders of our our nations around the world because they're such key figures you know we we here in the uk as you've already said we've got enough of our own issues to be praying about and people Mm. to be praying for Mm. in in that whole area
2: Mm. Mm.
0: i've got a message in from amy Uh, I heard a comedian once tell a story about honesty. When a woman asks, does my bum look big in this? Or does this dress look okay? Never look, just say yes. As soon as you look, you're in trouble. They then start assuming you looked as you were unsure. She goes, hmm.
1: Okay. (laughs) I know nothing about these things.
0: (laughs) So apparently you don't look... Okay. Because if you look, you're like, oh, yeah, maybe, maybe. Okay, we are moving towards the end of our time. Do you, Anything else that you want to talk about that we've not yet mentioned?
1: No, not that I can think. Just to encourage people to... I guess one of the things that I would say of myself is that I, I believe in, in seeking truth. Mm-hmm. I think that's a lifelong journey. Therefore, I have changed my mind on things.
0: So is that a deliberate thing you yes. do? It's a deliberate it's, decision. Each yeah. day I am looking for well, the truth. I wouldn't I'm say not each just, day, but I'm not just modelling my way through life. Yeah,
1: yeah. I think it's important. I'm in my fifties, and it's important to not just believe what I've always believed, mm-hmm. but to challenge and to question. And there mm-hmm. are aspects of things that I have changed my mind on. And I take seriously that, that Jesus Jesus' saying there is the risk of us being deceived. And whatever I hold strongly, oh. I need to keep questioning it. And if mm-hmm. it's true, it will prevail.
2: Mm.
1: It's the same with doubt. You know, Doubt is a good thing if it causes me to question and to come out the stronger. So we mustn't be afraid of questioning ourselves, of looking. Um, and recognizing, okay, am I just believing what I want to believe or am I just believing what scares me mm-hmm. or am I just believing what everybody else says or am I refusing to believe what everybody else says because I think I need to be different
2: mm-hmm.
1: and working out where we are on those things and just being honest with ourselves and reevaluating all the time
2: mm-hmm.
1: uh, and, and don't be afraid of change. Don't mm-hmm. be afraid of saying, I used to think this but you know what, I realize now I I was wrong on that. Mm. All of that has led me closer and closer to Jesus uh, and and more and more convinced of what we talked about, the truth of who he is. Mm. But some of the things I thought about Jesus, I was wrong. Mm. And I'd got it wrong.
2: Mm.
1: And I think there'll be things in 10 years time, I will say, you know, some, that, the way I answered that question on Questions of Life, I was wrong. Mm. I've gone back and looked at it and I've mm. got it wrong. And I think that humility mm. and willingness to seek the truth and always be, sus- I'm always suspicious of people who know the answer to everything, mm. which is really a bit crazy. me. These things where you ask me all these <laughs> questions, don't trust me. Because if I knew the answer to everything, I, I would be bound to be wrong. Mm. So just encourage people to seek truth. Don't think you've got it all wrapped up, neatly packaged, mm. and you know everything.
0: Okay, my final question for you. Uh, lots of people go looking for the truth on the internet, particularly about Christianity. So, uh, just quickly, how do you know which is a good Christian website to look at, which is a good church? (laughs) (laughs) Because there's so much out there that we would say that's not healthy. Health, wealth, prosperity.
1: Yeah, follow the money. Okay. Don't go for anything that's about money.
0: Yeah, so pay for your prayer to be answered. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah, never have to pay for it. Uh,
0: Don't have to pay to have uh, a handkerchief sent to you. I think
1: you look for the nature of Jesus. You look for grace.
2: Mm Mm-hmm.
1: You look for humility,
2: mm-hmm.
1: gentleness, mm-hmm. kindness, peacemaking, mm-hmm. loving enemies. Mm-hmm. Most of the reasons why I don't have something to do with certain preachers or websites or whatever are because they break those principles. They, I don't think they behave like Jesus. Mm-hmm. It's, it, so don't believe everything you read on and here on the internet, it's far better to go with people you can question and challenge. And, you know, if you, you, hopefully with us, we can, there's a relationship. You can email us, you can text us, you can ask us questions, you can talk to people who know us, you can come and visit our church. Uh, Just be very careful of the people you can't actually get to and see. And it's, but if they're asking for money and if they're looking for power, And if it's all about them and it's all big, spectacular, showy, charisma, and if they're telling you who to hate and if they're telling you who's wrong and if they're telling you where everybody else is getting it wrong, I don't think that's the way of Jesus.
0: So if people have questions, if they've come across something, they can always email us, they can get in touch and we can talk that through, because I know of many people that want to just find out something, a little bit about an error of their faith, and so they'll go off searching or listen to a sermon or a podcast. And we're not trying to control people, we're just trying to help people find the truth.
1: I I think the pattern of Jesus is to always use the humble, the small, and the insignificant. You are more likely... I might disagree with this in a year's time, (laughs) but this is what I'm going to say tonight. I think you're more likely to find Jesus... In the local small church than the big internet presence. Yep. Because Jesus is out there in every community, in every small little mm. church, will have its faults, have its problems like we do, but they're, they're gently, quietly seeking to serve God in their community. Mm. That will be the place to find God more than the big mm. things with millions and millions of subscribers.
0: Brilliant. Can we thank you for joining with us today? It's been fantastic to have you with us. Do come back on Sunday uh, or do come next week. Have a look at our website. There's loads of other resources there, but from Donald and myself, we will say cheerio. Thank you. Bye. Goodbye.